0: You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
1: You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Season two of Beyond the SIG is supported by the Pennsylvania Department of Health in partnership with the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. Funding was provided through the Preventative Health and Health Services Block Grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The contents of this podcast are solely the responsibility of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of the Pennsylvania Department of Health or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association's podcast, Beyond the Sig, is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network.
2: Hello, and welcome to the recap of the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association annual meeting on September 24th through 26th. We are here to level up in the world of pharmacy. My name is Isabel Litvak, and I'm a PGY1 community-based resident with Wise Markets and Wilkes University, and also your co-host for the Beyond the Sig podcast. I'll be recapping the PPA conference and talking to pharmacists and leaders at this meeting. I'm here with Ed Foote, Dean of the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy and longtime member of PPA. Thank you for being here, Ed. Great to be here. Alrighty, as Dean, I think it's really important to ask you about the ever changing role of the pharmacist.
3: So I think there's uh, a wonderful future for pharmacy. Uh, Certainly, our movement in the area of direct patient care over the last 10, 20 years has been really exciting. When you come to PPA, you learn about so many things. I just left a session today learning about the role of pharmacists in smoking cessations and how we can be reimbursed for those services, which is is key in terms of how we're going to really advance the practice of pharmacy. So I think it's all about patient services. taking care of patients, whether we are in a community setting, ambulatory setting, or acute care setting. Ultimately, what it comes down to is our ability to make patients have a healthier and longer life.
2: Absolutely, and I think we're definitely the most accessible healthcare professional and something like smoking cessation, diabetes management, chronic disease management, we're right there, you know, at the forefront, so we are at the perfect place to be giving some of these services um, and we just have to get out there and and make ourselves known that we are capable of doing all these things. So as dean, I definitely want to ask you about PCP and especially why students are so important to. The profession of pharmacy to the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association, how the, your students are involved and why it's important to be involved.
3: Well, I, I can't understate the importance of student involvement uh, in professional pharmacy organizations. I'm involved in many, many organizations. I think I, I have to say that PPA is one of my favorite.
4: Absolutely. Uh,
3: they do a lot of terrific work in terms of uh, grassroots advocacy professional development, continuing education for our our pharmacists. And so everything starts at the student level. So uh, for instance, because of generous donations from PCP alumni, uh, we're able to actually support students to come here. So we help pay, offset some of the costs for them to attend these meetings. Because it's really, it's really important for them to be here, and the reality is, it's it's not cheap. So um, I make it a priority. It's for uh, their
2: professional development.
3: Absolutely, and and if we don't get a lot of students here and get them active and understand the importance of professional organizations, um, it's going to be really difficult to move forward in the future. So I just love seeing the students here. The you know they often will compete in the competitions. Yeah. They you know they're. they're Proud of their schools, each every school, right? And and it's just real. It's a real cool cool event to see all the students here.
2: I definitely like to see the networking as well with students from other schools as well as students with pharmacists, um, and I think that's really important that you get at a specifically at a conference like this and nowhere really else.
3: No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, this year we have a whole bunch of students here, um, and uh, it's just great. It's just great to see them here, and it's you know it's a commitment on their part too. Uh, many of them are in exams, and, and they, they got to squeeze this in. A lot of them work work weekends, so some of them, yeah, they're sacrificing to be here, not only by you know paying to, to be course. here, but a lot of them have to take off work. Yeah. you know, and they don't get vacation time. Right. So it, it for many of them, it's a sacrifice to come here, and I really appreciate um, all the students from all the schools who make the the time and take the energy to get here and show enthusiasm for our profession.
2: Kudos to all the students that are here at PPA today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Ed.
3: All right, wonderful.
2: And I'm here with Dr. Jenna Carmichael, a holistic pharmacist and health coach, as well as an adjunct faculty at Wilkes University. She also is a dispensary pharmacist at Columbia Care and on the PPA board. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, I just want to ask you about your experience with PPA since you're on the board of experience
5: with PPA. Um, so I actually I am a person that did not go to pharmacy school in the state of Pennsylvania. So I really was interested in joining PPA because I really wanted the networking that comes along with an organization and so that's one of the big reasons why I came to PPA. Absolutely. And so through that I was able to be an inaugural member of the LEAD program which is a leadership program that we have through the Pennsylvania Pharmaceutical our educational foundations, and through that program that really allowed me to really see the inner workings of CPA and really see how the boards are run and how the committee structure is, and that program really is making people want to be on those boards as well, and so that's where I'm at now, and so I'm actually a board member of the educational foundation and the regular board, so I'm an (laughs) overachiever. Can't help it. I'm one of those people that has to put my hand up every time, but I really have learned a lot by being on the board, and I really think that as a pharmacist, we really have to contribute to the overall profession of pharmacy, and so by giving back, by being on a board, by being involved in the organization, I think it's really important.
2: What ways do you think that students could get involved in PPA?
5: There are tons of ways for students to get involved. We have an entire student track. We have programming that's specifically geared towards students, and we also, from the educational foundation side, we give away scholarships to students, and we also have grant opportunities for students. So if you have uh, some sort of practice that you're looking at, and that could be at your um, internship job, that could be during an APPE rotation, any of those. If you partner with a faculty member or with your APP advisor, you can up with some research project and have the educational foundation fund that research project so that That's way you really can cool. make it an actually cool thing right if you have a little bit of money that means that you can maybe uh, incentivize people to take Ask your to survey pay. or something like that so it really can make the difference in what your results.
2: yeah i know that um uh, Usually residents also apply to that research, so I know that's something that I'm looking into as well, so I think it's a really cool opportunity that the PPA is able to provide. Yeah, and the other thing that's great about that is if you're a grant recipient,
5: then you get promoted at the conference. So your research gets promoted at the conference, the information that you did, that work that you did to get all of that information out there is promoted, and so people actually can listen to it and hear it, and so you get
6: great feedback.
2: That's really cool. I had no idea. So um, my my other question was going to be about leveling up. That's what this whole conference is about. So how do you see pharmacists leveling up in your practice? So being holistic medicine and, and health coach. Yeah.
5: So I am. Um, I really feel that when we move outside of traditional pharmacy and move into these other areas that are health related, but not strictly pharmacy related, it's a great place for pharmacists because we have such an amazing knowledge base that we can manage patients, we have clinical knowledge, but that means that we don't have to specifically do that from a pharmacy. We can do that online, anywhere, the phone, anywhere, help patients where they're at. And so I really think that, that holistic to me means whole body. So that's mind, body, spirit, and so medications are on, not just what their medical conditions are, but we also need to look at what is their mental health like. I love that. Stress and anxiety. We've gone through a giant pandemic. Everybody has stress and anxiety right now. And so how do we help manage that? That necessarily doesn't have to be a pill, right? So let's, let's incorporate meditation. Let's incorporate meaningful movement. Yoga, Tai Chi, Qigong. All of these types of things are wonderful stress management tools we have studies to say that these are wonderful stress management tools and they have almost no side effects right
2: (laughs) you can't say that from a lot of our pharmaceuticals that's a great point (laughs) Um, i definitely agree because uh, one of my biggest passions is lifestyle modifications. I'm a certified personal trainer because I really believe in exercise. I also think that exercise is really great for mental health. I know that when I go to the gym, I feel like this sense of relief. Yeah. Um, it's all the endorphins. Yes. And um, I definitely, especially for my diabetes patients and my patients with um, some of the other chronic conditions, I definitely want to pair their medication with The lifestyle modifications with diet and exercise and like you mentioned meditation because a lot of these um, chronic conditions they come with a lot of stress and and possibly depression especially if it's a new diagnosis so i think managing let's say not just their diabetes but managing them as a whole person after receiving a diagnosis like
5: that is also really important i agree completely i work with cancer patients and there's a lot of evidence to suggest that even somebody who's got tons of fatigue from cancer and being on cancer treatment, that if you walk around the block, if you do a little bit of exercise, that helps with that fatigue. And as much as people say that I don't have the energy to even do that, if you can just muster up that little bit of energy to do those sorts of things, walk around the block, it's not that hard, but it really makes a big difference in the way that you feel, the way that you feel about yourself, too. Getting out of the house, if you been in the house all day for many days at a time, is not really good for our mental health either. Absolutely. So change of scenery, change of, of what's going on out in the environment is really important
2: I agree. Thank you so much for your time,
4: Jenna. You're welcome.
2: Thank you. I'm here with Matthew Rozick, P4 at Duquesne University, as well as the chair of the Student Advisory Board. Thanks for being here, Matthew.
7: Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, so I want to definitely ask you about your experience with PPA, since you're um, one of the chairs.
7: Of course, so I started PPA, um, getting active in PPA during my P1 year. Um, Coming to these conferences, networking, um, meeting individuals who've had multiple years in leadership um, with PPA and I really wanted to strive to be like them and looked up to them. Um, they're the ones that have helped me a lot through pharmacy school, and just the general pharmacy knowledge that could that's setting me up for my professional career.
2: There's so many me- mentors here and amazing uh, pharmacists uh, uh, to this connect is, This with. is
7: incredible, yeah. I love networking here more than anything. Um, so, I got uh, involved in my individual schools uh, PPA, started my P1 year, and during my P2 year, I, year, I served as the Allegheny County Pharmacy Association Student Delegate, so I attended their um, ACPA events, um, went on their monthly meetings, went to some of their dinners, and just served as a student delegate for uh, Duquesne University to update them on Duquesne um, events we're hosting, um, and offer student help to them for any student uh, any student assistance, they needed student bodies for outreach events, fundraising, that sort of stuff. So I worked as a liaison for that for a year, and then during my P3 year, last year, um, I served as vice president for our chapter, strengthening our chapter however possible in as um, many ways as we could, and then we also, I also served as the west director for the state board for students and I went on uh, board meetings with, the, uh, with that, and we helped hire the new CEO, Victoria Elliott, who is yes, incredible, amazing. awesome, she's been awesome, and has helped overall just with myself and all students on the board at individual schools. She's been incredible, and I'm so happy to be able to work with her. Um, so we helped hire a new CEO, and I served as a liaison for Pitt, Duquesne, LeCom and Ohio Northern. Um, as the West Director to the Board of Directors um, here at PPA and just update them on our um, what's going on with all of us what, uh, and just bring it back to those individual schools hey, this is what PPA, the Board of Directors are doing, this information they needs to pass along, those sort of things. And then this upcoming year, or this current year, I guess, for my P4 year, um, I am serving as the Chair of the Student Advisory Board. So I am overseeing the 500 plus students in PPA and working with each individual school will be doing school check-ins just to make sure their individual ppa chapter is doing well Offer any assistance from myself and the pharmacist here at ppa um, as well as i've set up and went through a lot of the student programming running the student programming here uh, today and we're through a few of the events so far very well attended going very going awesome um, excited and a little nervous for the afternoon sessions but it's a good nervous um, but it's it's been awesome so far and I've loved every second of being involved in PPA over my four years thus far. And I look forward to continuing to be involved and hopefully as a practitioner, um, just finding ways to stay involved and keep seeing these familiar faces, awesome people. And yeah, excited for that.
2: I can definitely tell that you've been incredibly involved over the last four years. I'm curious, now that you're in a different position, um, you're going to all these different schools, do you have any strategies for other people, other schools? How to get involved, or how to stay involved.
7: So it's always tough trying to keep people involved, or get you know get individuals involved.
2: Especially with certain workload as it gets harder, especially as an Mm appy.
7: I think the biggest thing we try to preach is you know grab a buddy, bring someone with you. My P One U was my first conference at PPA, and the only reason I came was because an individual from Duquesne that I looked up to. He's like, hey, come to this conference, whatever. he dragged me along, and now here I am three years later. um, Just, you know, a whole different person. So one thing we preach is grab a a buddy, strengthen numbers. Obviously, if you have a lot of your chapter, your PPA chapter, going out to service events, more people are going to want to do that, whereas if it's just one or two people doing it again and again. No one else is really going to jump on the bandwagon do those sorts of things, and that's something we really try to push. And at least for myself, offer any assistance to try to help get people on that bandwagon, get people involved, get people doing all the right things and you know, in all the right ways. And yeah.
2: I really like that idea of bringing a buddy. I never really thought about it, but when I think back, the only times that I've really gone to conferences as a student was because a friend or someone that I looked yeah. up to, a mentor it was like, "Come on, let's go, let's yeah, do this." Exactly,
7: and it's. Like, it's true for conferences, for just in general events, Any events anything, yes. and that's something we've really tried to push, and especially the um, involvement. It's been tough, you know, with the COVID year, virtual, most schools were virtual, no in-person events, period. So events, um, fundraising, outreach, they were all flatlined for 18 months or so. So we've really been trying to push that and just get students re-engaged. It's a whole new group of students that... Never really had, you know, maybe there's P1s, P2s I haven't had anything in person yet. This is a lot of individuals' first conference ever, um, no matter what year they are. So we're just trying to show students how great the conference is, the resources, the pharmacists, the networking, the wealth of knowledge that is here. And hopefully for the next conference, the uh, mid year conference, you know, bring a buddy, a lot more student involvement, a lot more student engagement, and just a lot more student interest. Um, this first annual conference we're just trying to get as many students here as possible and just show, because a lot of a lot of even the P3s have never been to one. Whereas a lot of like my friends and I, my, like, my friends and myself, we've been to like, these conferences P1 year, and obviously we're absent for in-person events for 18 months. So we're just trying to show the younger individuals from teens and various schools, hey, how great this is. Like I mentioned, the wealth of resources and knowledge here is incredible. So That's something we've been questioning, hopefully double our numbers for the meet your call because that's something we'll push for through the check-ins you know word of mouth however possible you know, super exciting super you're super body you're
2: doing really great work over there i
7: appreciate <laughs> it thank you
2: thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today
7: thank you very much appreciate it
2: i'm here with fellow pgy1 residents can you ladies introduce
8: yourselves sure my name is angela and i'm one of the Pitt community residents also
6: with giant eagle and my name is Michelle Coverman, and I'm one of the PGY1 community based residents with Pitt and Rite Aid. So, since you both are residents with the
2: University of Pittsburgh, what experiences do you guys share? Sure, so
8: together Michelle and I are involved in a residency research series called Top Tier where we meet with other community-based residents across the state and work on different research um, opportunities together. And we get a lot of feedback on our projects which is really nice to brainstorm and work on our research um, together.
6: The other thing that we do um, is work with our coordinators and um, something that we've both been involved in is the Pitt Covax Center. And that's something that I'm working on specifically with my project. So we kind of help go and volunteer at different COVID clinics or flu shot clinics of what they're doing right now.
2: That's awesome. So since we're here at the PPA conference and all of us are now new practitioners and we just got our licenses, Um, What do you guys think is important and why is it important for us to be a part of PPA? Why is it important for residents and new practitioners?
8: So for me, the reason I really want to get involved with PPA is for the opportunity to network. So especially as a new practitioner and coming from out of state, it's really important to get to know the other pharmacists in your area and your state. So through our residency, we work very closely with PPCN. Um, and we have met a lot of pharmacists through that, through different webinars and, and different things like that. And it allows us to connect in person with people that we have met you know, online virtually.
2: It's so awesome that we actually get to meet in person because we have been doing top tier um, Mm -hmm. virtually the past few weeks. So it's really nice to actually meet people in person uh, and meet you guys as well.
6: Yeah. And I mean, like we talk about networking and like... Meeting all each other, and so being able to actually do that and record something like this is a really unique opportunity that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise if we weren't in PPA.
2: Absolutely. What are some other experiences that you guys share?
6: Yeah, so um, I, we're both going to be co coaches for Flip the Pharmacy in this cohort two coming up. So we're really excited to be working together on that with PPA and PPCN um, and just getting to know independent pharmacies and work with different initiatives and doing. Practice transformation. So I think that's going to be a really unique um, experience that we're both going to get to work on.
2: I think that's really a great way for residents and new practitioners to really get in there um, to be a part of PPA and meet so many independent pharmacy owners that I'm sure that will meet at this conference as well. So you guys have different primary sites. What are some of the highlights at your location in particular? Michelle let's start with you.
6: Yeah, so my primary practice site is at Rite Aid. And some things that I get to do that are really unique and that I really enjoy to do is precepting students. So we have students from Pitt and from Duquesne And um, that has been such a learning experience, just being a new practitioner myself and figuring out what my precepting style is, how students like to learn. I'm always getting constant feedback from them, which is great and is helping me grow as a new practitioner and also as a pharmacist. So I love being able to work with them. I also get to work with our um, DSME site and we have three accredited sites. So Um, Just learning more about diabetes, how to do lifestyle recommendations, and just getting to know patients on a more one-on-one level um, has been really great for building my clinical confidence and knowledge. And then just something that's happening right now is just working with a lot of flu shot clinics at our senior um, high-rise centers, and we also do blood pressure clinics with the students. So it's a really integrative practice site with students, um, the community around us, which I have thoroughly enjoyed and I'm looking forward to seeing what other opportunities come up in the near future.
2: I think that's something that's really great about our residencies in particular is that our um, residency directors and coordinators are directly involved in colleges of pharmacy Mm -hmm. and that allows us to not just have you know not just precept students but even like teach in class and that's a very special uh, part of our residencies that maybe not some others don't have so angela how about you Sure. So, my practice site is with Giant Eagle
8: Pharmacy. And so, through Giant Eagle, I have a lot of experience with management and doing more corporate level things. So, I will review like protocols and look over, you know, the information that they send out to the stores from the higher, like the corporate level. And then we also create like clinical newsletters. So, I made a newsletter on like co administration with COVID vaccines and flu vaccines. And I've also uh, made like a newsletter on like various different things, and so I'm very active in that component. And then I also have a lot of like um, experiences with like flu clinics. So um, something I've started being able to do now is like setting up my own flu shot clinic where I'll go and administer it, and then I'll bill it on the back end um, and kind of learning how to manage like what to do when you have students versus when you're alone, like. How do you transition and, like, take that, like, leadership and initiative? Um, So I've been able to grow a lot of, like, my leadership skills through Giant Eagle.
2: That's awesome. I'm really happy to hear that because these are some of the skills that you do learn during residency and maybe you don't learn in other ways. Yes, Definitely. definitely. So thank you so much for your time, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here with Robin Amberg, sponsoring the PPA conference for many years now and a gold sponsor this year. And she's the Senior Director of Strategic Business Development at Prescribed Wellness, a TRHC solution. Thank you for being here with me, Robin. My pleasure. So, tell us what you think is one of the biggest challenges in pharmacy right now.
9: The thing that consistently I hear across all of our pharmacies is the challenge around um, the profitability of operating and running a pharmacy. So whether it's on reimbursements of medications, DIR fees, um, these are huge challenges that pharmacies are trying to deal with to keep their doors open.
2: Absolutely. I know. Um, independent pharmacies in particular can have a really hard time right now, and so it's almost about differentiating yourself and what extra services can you provide. I know that with PPA, there's Flip the Pharmacy and PPCN and things like that can really elevate um, A, the profession of pharmacy, but B, elevate that specific pharmacy's um, services and and, uh, the services in their communities as well.
9: Absolutely, and that's one thing that we've really worked over the last few years um, to bring and continue to bring is those services that are high touch because our community pharmacies survive and thrive on the relationships they have with their patients. So how can we help them do more high touch services um, whether it's outreach and staying connected with their patients when they're not in the pharmacy, whether it's some of the services they provide. And even now, we're very excited about our new science that we've brought to community pharmacy that really is a differentiator in how they're able to identify and mitigate uh, adverse drug events with their populations. And that's going to be something that, you know, today nobody else will be able to offer and be a great service for our community pharmacy. So that's we're awesome. Yeah, it's a really great service. Yeah, we're excited about that. Um, but like you said, in, they've got to keep their patients, retaining those patients, but then finding new ways to get money out creative. of- Creative. Yep, creative. Um, keep those patients, find new billable services and working with um, health plans. We've been a huge sponsor of Flip the Pharmacy and the PPCN Network, because until pharmacies can truly focus on that patient care and show their outcomes, um, we, it'll be hard for them to get additional revenue, so we want to continue to support that. I appreciate the, the support. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we are have been a longtime sponsor, as you said, of the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. We value the impact that they have made in the state. It's been a strong association for many years, they have a big network of pharmacies in the state of Pennsylvania, and we are just excited to continue to work with them, and even the initiative to sponsor um, some collaboration around our, our new MedWise Science through the network, and see if we can work with some payers in, in the area as well. So.
2: Sounds great. We're, we're really happy to have you here. Thank, Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. I'm here with Stuart Beatty, a part of the Ohio Pharmacists Association, faculty at Ohio State University, and founder of The Pharmacist Provider. Thank you for being here with me, Stuart.
10: Thank you for having me.
2: Of course. And as the keynote, I just want to ask you to do like a quick little recap for our listeners about your keynote address.
10: Yeah, well, first off, just thanks to the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association for having me come over to share what's been happening in Ohio, and in particular with provider status. Um, We've we've really made some inroads in the Department of Medicaid, and currently pharmacists in Ohio can register to have their own Medicaid ID number. They can enroll with health plans, and they can bill those health plans, those Medicaid particular plans for services. And that payment, which I think is really important to note, the payment comes out of the medical side, and our pharmacists are billing the same codes that physicians and nurse practitioners and physicians assistants uh, bill. So, this is not a new program, as far as the department is concerned. All the, We're trying to have this set up that they're just paying a different provider uh, to do the same services that they're already paying other providers.
2: That sounds really cool. Um, and then I guess that really goes into my next question, is the changing role of the pharmacist. As you said before, Ohio is clearly um, trekking in, in an amazing direction that is definitely changing the role of the pharmacist. So how do you see that continuing in the future?
10: Yeah, hopefully what we are doing in Ohio and hopefully what happens in other states like Pennsylvania and across the country is we're getting back to what we should be as the pharmacist. And we're, we're what we are trying to do is create incentives to allow the pharmacist to get back to taking care of patients. Um, for, for a long time, and it's a lot of different issues went into it. We are now viewed as the person that stands behind a counter and pushes an orange vial across the counter, and then we maybe talk to the patient about side effects and counsel them, which is all great, and those are all important services, but that's not really taking care of the patient, in my opinion. So what we're trying to do and what we talk about with payers is really getting back to incentivizing the pharmacist to care for those patients and be the true medication expert. I don't necessarily want you to be adherent to the medication your doctor wants you to be on. What I wanna do as a pharmacist is I wanna look at the whole spectrum, the whole big picture. I wanna optimize your medicines. I wanna make sure you're on the right medications for your disease states. And then I want you to be adherent to that. So this seems like a nuance, uh, but I think that's a really important thing. So as far as like, what's the changing role, hopefully the changing role is getting back to again, being that medication expert um, and taking care of the patient Uh, for all their disease states and for all their health and for all their wellness and everything else and just being a, a really critical and crucial part of that team and actually getting paid to do it.
2: I think you make the future sound very bright <laughs> for someone that is uh, completing a residency and I have my whole career ahead of me. It sounds like A, Ohio is the place to be. And B <laughs> And B, there's so much opportunity out there for us that's coming and we need to gather all of our pharmacists and our students and advocate for all the things that we can do because clearly it's a lot.
10: It is. A lot. It is a lot. And, and one thing I've learned is, is we, are, we have to realize that we're... a a really small and extremely important part, and the other healthcare professionals realize that. But we're also a very small part, numbers wise. There just aren't very many pharmacists compared to nurses and physicians and, and everybody else. So we have to be able to tell our story, and we are not very good storytellers. Um, we are typically humble by nature. We don't like to talk about what we did. We've got to start promoting the things that we do for our patients. And then we have to start talking about how, yes, this is what we did. And currently I don't have an incentive to do that. I didn't get paid to do that. I want to be able to do that for all of my patients. um, And that's how we can start to get the public and we can start to get legislators to hopefully start to shift that for us.
2: How can we as pharmacists to say the word worth, but how do we prove our worth? How do we prove that, you know, we are able to manage patients on their chronic diseases? Yeah.
10: I think it's been shown. I think for, for too much, too many times, like we as pharmacists have heard the story, like we need the data, we need the data. We have to continue to have data, but we've got 20 years worth of data now that shows that we can have an impact on diabetes management, regardless of any practice setting, and we can lower costs doing it. We've got data that shows that we can help in hypertension. We've got data that shows that we can get people to stop smoking. Like there's data that that is there. We have to continue to tell our stories. We have to continue to prove the data is there, Uh, but we need to stop thinking like, oh, I just need one more study. Oh, I need one more time to show that we can do it. We can do it. So if they can do it in Nevada and in Oklahoma and in Georgia, why can't they do it in Pennsylvania? Why do we have to have a study that shows that we can do it in Pennsylvania too? Um, That's crazy. I just think we have to tell our stories. I think we can do things in the press. Um, I think that can be a really good way in your local newspaper to talk about stories that have happened. I think you can have local legislators, local leaders come in and talk to your patients. Have your patient there. So instead of you telling your story, let the patient tell it for you. And I think we can use social media, Um, use things like LinkedIn, use things like Twitter. It may be a very small percentage of the people that are actually on Twitter or watching Twitter, Um, or whatever social media you're talking about. But that's how things get picked up by the news now. So if all of a sudden you have a great story that's on Twitter, um, or on Facebook, or on whatever, news stations are looking for that. So they may seek you out and be like, hey, we read this really interesting story about you as a pharmacist doing whatever, like what happened there? And you're probably going to get picked up quicker there and have a better profile than if you actually just reached out to the news station yourself. So just share the story, share the positive experiences that you're having and doing the things that we love to do, which is help patients. That's why we went into this whole thing, right?
2: Absolutely. That's why we all did. Patient care. That's right. Because we really want to help people. That's right. Alrighty. I think that was awesome. So thank you so much, Stuart, for your time.
10: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.
2: I'm here with Terry Talbot, Senior Advisor, State Government Affairs with CVS, as well as a member of the State Board of Pharmacy, and a past president of PPA. Thank you for being here, Terry. Oh,
4: Happy to do it.
2: Alrighty. So I'm just going to get right into the questions
4: leveling up in the future? So I think that COVID has given us a really good opportunity to practice at the top of our license and to um, show to the world what we know pharmacists can do, whether it's through immunizations or through testing or through counseling. And I think we need to move away from being dispensers of products to dispensers of healthcare care and healthcare providers as we are.
2: That's a great answer. I think, like you said, there's so much that's happened in the last two years and we've definitely shown our worth as we've seen with like the PrEP Act, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And I definitely agree with you, there's so much opportunity in the
4: future for us. As well as for students too. That's right. Yep. And we were happy, you know, at the at the board level, we were happy that um, interns can give immunizations. It's so helpful. yeah, absolutely, and and you know, there's there's nothing more fulfilling than than hands-on patient care, and and to be able to provide that life-saving vaccine, the potentially life-saving vaccine for COVID to patients, is is immensely promising. So we're so happy that you know the interns are able to be involved.
2: I agree. I think um, I was even able to do some vaccines as an intern myself, so I kind of know that aspect of it as being an intern and now also being a pharmacist, and I know that. see that they're so excited to be able to actually put some of the things that they learned into
4: action.
2: And then um, another question that I have is, what is the biggest challenge that pharmacists are facing right now?
4: So I'll preface this by saying that this is Terry Talbot, the pharmacist, not Terry Talbot, the board member, Terry Talbot, the CVS senior advisor. I think the challenge we have is to to really change our um, reputation For being someplace you go to get your drugs to a provider of healthcare services. Absolutely. So we we need to prove our, um, and I don't want to say prove our worth because we've done it. But we need to, to raise our reputation as that member of the healthcare team. And we need to do more as a profession to get payers to understand that, to get um, corporations to understand that, to get, um, so, so the people that buy the healthcare plans to understand that and to pay for pharmacy services. So I think COVID has been great. We need to continue to expand on that as far as telepharmacy, as far as you know what we can have our technicians do so that our, our our pharmacists are out there really doing the patient care that they've been trained to do.
2: I agree. What are some of the ways or what are some of the strategies that you think that we could start putting into place or what are
4: some things that we could do right now? So I think that... that with PPCN, the, the Pharmacist Care Network. yeah, We have such a great track record, the, the pharmacies that do that. We need to really be showing that to the legislator, legislators, and to the regulators, because I know what we do as a board member. Um, I don't think the rest of the board, or the rest of the medical board, or the rest of the legislators know. And again, speaking as territory with the pharmacist, not the board member, not the CVS pharmacist. We, we need to make sure that we continue to show the value and what we can bring to the healthcare team to legislators and have a better voice in improving that patient care and and expanding that scope of practice so that we can continue to provide the care that we're trained to do.
2: Of course. Um, As
4: a PPCN pharmacist,
2: I know that there is so much that we do and there's so much that we're able to accomplish with our patients and just... Right. We, we've definitely proved it. So just explaining, like you said, not our work, um, but definitely explaining
4: what we've done and that we can do it. Right, and we need to leverage our patients. So every patient you touch needs to be able to, you know, be willing to go to their their legislator and say, the pharmacist helped me with whatever, and and that's how we're going to change it. Because nobody wants the creep. The doctors don't want the creep. The nurses don't want the creep you know, into their scope, so to speak. So we we need to be vocal, we need to be active, and we need to prove that, that you know, show what we can do. Back in the day, 2006, 2007, nobody thought people would come to, to the pharmacy to be immunized. Here we are, you know, 80% of the people that get a flu shot will get a flu shot through the pharmacy. 70% of people who get COVID vaccines will get it through a pharmacy. So we need to do the same thing.
2: Definitely. have to be vocal, and we have to go to our legislatures. Thank you so much, Terry.
4: Absolutely, great to be with you, Isabel.
2: And we are here with Dr. Tom Franco, the President of PPA, as well as Associate Professor at Wilkes University. Thank you for being here, Tom.
0: Thank you guys so much for having me.
2: Of course. Tell me about your experience with PPA, because clearly it's a lot.
0: It is a lot. Uh, my first involvement with PPA was actually back when I was a student. Uh, I did a rotation with PPA way way back when in like 2010. And since then, I have become involved with the membership now Pi R Squared or PIR2 committee. Uh, became the chair of that, used that to springboard to the board, and from the board, Ran for an officer position, and the rest is history, and here I am.
2: That's awesome. I had no idea that there was a rotation here at PPA.
0: There is a rotation at PPA, and it was an excellent experience. I got to see all the, you know, the, the behind-the-scenes that PPA did. Uh, there was a, a governor race at the time, so I got to see our involvement with the political process. And we still have that. We still have that rotation happening now. So if there's students out there listening and you're a P3 going into your appy year, sign up for a, a PPA appy rotation. It's a fantastic experience.
2: That's awesome. So tell me a little bit more about your role as president. Uh,
0: the big thing I have as president is trying to execute what our newest vision of PPA is going to be. And I think that's best seen in our new strategic plan that we're putting out. We're really excited about our strategic plan and how it's going to change our approach towards membership, advocacy, and what I find to be the most impressive, our identity. We're going to be the PPA of tomorrow, and I promise you, you're going to be excited for the wonderful things that PPA PPA has coming in the future.
2: I think I'm just excited just talking to you, and uh, I feel like... The future is really bright just by your energy and your vibes. We
0: have to have great energy and great vibes. The, the future of pharmacy is bright. We have such goodwill uh, with policymakers, with legislators, and with the public right now. And we're going to use that. We're going to execute on changes to make practice better for everybody. That's, that's I think, our, our best thing going forward. Everybody's going to benefit. A win for one of us is a win for all of us
2: actually kind of leads me to my next question of, where do you see pharmacy going? Where do you see it in the next five to ten years?
0: I feel that pharmacy is really going to be one of the salvations to the healthcare industry. When we look at, especially primary care conditions across the country, we see that there's a lot of primary care deserts. But 90% of the U.S. population lives within five miles of a community pharmacy pharmacists are the most accessible and most trusted healthcare providers so we have such an opportunity to decrease costs of the healthcare system decrease er visits increase quality of care for patients and i see a time where pharmacists are going to be reimbursed based upon the quality of the service rendered rather than the number of products dispensed and that's a future i think we can all get behind
2: can i just get an amen <laughs> i love that all right last question to wrap up here, tell us how we can support PPA and why.
0: The best way to support PPA is to be a member. Get involved. PPA is a voice and I'm a big believer of I hate people telling me what to do. I don't want people to tell me to do anything for my job to clean in my room. So I don't want somebody coming in who may not have our best intentions at heart telling us how to take care of our patients and to do our job. What I want to see is PPA to be the leading voice for all of pharmacy across the state to help advance uh, care and advance practice for all of us. And the way we could do that is by everybody being involved. Be a member. And being a member does not mean you have to go to committees or, or, or anything like that you could be a member by talking about your patient interactions with your local media you could be a member by coming to the conferences and sharing your thoughts and your innovative practices you could be a member just by taking care of a patient one day at a time but the more people that sign up the more people that are members the louder our voice the more likely it is that we're able to get the job done get the ball across the goal line and advance practice to where we know it can be
2: so in short become a member that's right
0: be a member (laughs)
2: you so much for your time.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, happy to be here.
2: And I'm here with Vicki Elliott, our CEO of PPA. Thank you so much, Vicki. It's my pleasure, Isabel. Thank you. Of course. So, as CEO, I definitely want to ask you, why is it important to support PPA, and how can pharmacists and student pharmacists help support PPA?
11: So, PPA's mission is to be the representative of all pharmacy practice at hard to make sure that we've got representation through our committees and our board, uh, our foundation board of all all the various practice settings. Um, this is really where we kind of come together to leverage relationships, um, our, our network with other pharmacy organizations, um, really trying to you know, sort of elevate the, the education and the training and the opportunities for when agree. And I can definitely see the amount
2: of support here at this conference is unlike anything that I've experienced before or that I've known about. Um, The amount of people from all across the state that I've seen is is overwhelming. And, And I've seen, I mean, I've only been at my residency for three months now, but just little people from I've seen throughout the last three months have been at this conference. And so this is not even the first time that I'm meeting some people. And I think that's Amazing that not some other states may not have this type of connection and this type of network. So, what you have here is special.
11: I would agree, and I think it's remarkable that you're able to say that in your short time in this role, that at this meeting that doesn't have the attendance that we've seen in the past but has a remarkable attendance for a COVID meeting, um, that you're actually able to say, I'm seeing a lot of people. Um, you know, we do have a, a passionate group. I call it passionate, and I think that PPA is unique. And I've been at this—I've been in this business for a long time. I have been association management for 25 years. Well, wow. and what I find um, different about PPA is, is people are willing, regardless of where they are, they're. Never make any, you know, bones about this is my commitment. I'm on this board. I'm on this committee. What do we need to get done? It's, it's been a real pleasure working with this group.
2: I can definitely see the passion in the room. I could even see the networking going on. The little groups everywhere. Every table is is taken up with lots of conversation, and that's something really cool about about this. There's no one sit,
11: sitting or standing alone. <laughs> I would agree. Um, I haven't walked by a booth as yet interacting with each other. Um, so, you know, the other thing that I want to really make sure that I take the opportunity to do is thank our exhibitors that made the commitment to come to this meeting. Um, we had a couple that said, you know, our company made a decision not to be here. Understood, not a problem. We had a couple that said we're going to sponsor but we can't be on site. Again, not a problem. Um, but we had a healthy group decide that they were still going to be here and be part of the live meeting. Um, so I really want to thank our exhibitors on all of our co- sponsors that, you know, have been several, have been rather loyal for a long time. Um, We've welcomed uh, a former sponsor back, we've welcomed a new sponsor to the group, and I would say that any sponsors that are listening, that if you're not here and want to be a part of it, reach out to me. We'd be happy to talk to you about what your corporate partnership can look like.
2: Thank you, Becky, so much for being here and for talking with me for a couple minutes.
11: I know you're really busy. Isabel, thank you. You're doing a great job. really appreciate it.
1: A special thank you to Dr. Litvak for her coverage of the PPA 2021. Thank you to our special sponsors, including the Independent Pharmacy Buying Group, Pharmacist Mutual, Value Drug Company, and Keystone Pharmacy Purchasing Alliance. Please subscribe to the Pharmacy Podcast Network on any of your favorite podcast directories. The Pharmacy Podcast Network would like to wish every pharmacist a social happy National Pharmacist Month. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond the SIG. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and others on the Pharmacy Podcast Network on any of your favorite podcast directories.
10: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.